0: everybody and welcome to a beautiful wild ride with Steve. we've got the world's most famous plastic surgeon a guy who makes people beautiful for a living and he's damn good at it plus i really wanted to talk to this man dr terry dubrow because i'm looking for a plastic surgeon to work on me And I know that sounds crazy, but it's a hundred percent true. And listen to this juicy ass podcast and you will find out all about it. Also, if you care to have a raging hard boner. The good news is this podcast was brought to you by Blue Chew. What's Blue Chew? Well, Blue Chew tablets are delicious chewable tablets, which have the same active ingredient as both Viagra and Cialis, except it only costs a fraction of the price. I'm telling you, it gives you a raging boner, something which I love to have. Now, you might be thinking, but don't you need a prescription to get this? And you are right. But the good news is you don't have to go to an awkward in-person doctor's office visit. No, you just consult with one of their medical providers online at BlueChew.com. Couldn't be easier. Couldn't be quicker. And then once you're done with that, boom, your Bluetooth tablets are on the way. And the best news about it... Blue Chew loves the listeners of the Wild Ride podcast so much. They're giving you an entire month's supply of Blue Chew tablets completely for free. All you got to pay is five bucks for shipping. It doesn't get better than that. And if you're wondering whether this Blue Chew tablet phenomenon actually makes for a really good time, trust me and trust my girl, it does. Nothing's more fun than having a race. Aging boner. So head on over to bluechew.com, use the promo code STEVO to collect on this offer for one month's supply completely for free. And with that said, let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Terry Dubrow.
1: Oh, wow. That was good. That's my name correctly. Good well, job. Thank, thank you. you. Very good. <laughs> Off to uh, a good start.
0: This is my co-host, Scott Randolph.
1: Hey, Scott. How's nice to going? meet you. Up nice.
0: at the front, we've got the gorgeous Paul Brisky. Nice Doctor.
1: to meet you. Nice to meet you.
0: Uh, so I think that some people will find it uh, counterintuitive that you know, why why have the... Plastic surgeon, is it safe to say that you're the most famous plastic surgeon in the world?
1: I think if you ask me, the answer would be yes.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But
1: whether I am or not, I mean, botch is on in 164 countries. Can you believe that? Right. 164. Wow. And so, I mean, I think if you were to ask internationally to name two plastic surgeons, it would be that other guy. What's does. Paul, I think is, no, is it, and me, Terry. <laughs>
0: who's the other guy?
1: Paul Nassif. So there's two guys on the show botched, right? Okay, right, right, right. And so um, I do, I'm a head-to-toe plastic surgeon. He just does noses, basically. I mean, he's a great guy. I, I used to do noses, but he does them all. But I'm a classically trained plastic surgeon, so I do a lot of the stuff from head to toe, yeah.
0: Um, And botched... Is, is, of course, what it sounds like. You're you're kind of uh, fixing disasters that happened uh, with plastic surgery gone wrong.
1: That's pretty much it. I mean, late, we've done seven seasons where we just got picked up for two more. Nice. So eight and nine. We're going to do 20 more episodes. And uh, it started out by basically fixing people who've had disasters from plastic surgery, it's sort of evolved into like, if you're a victim of trauma or a bad congenital deformity, right? whether you've had plastic surgery or not, and you have kind of a hopeless, unfixable situation, you come to us and we try to do it. We pretty okay. much do it. yeah. Well.
0: It's unbelievable. So you, you said that the, if, if you ask anyone in the world or, or in any other place in the world... They would have two guys, and both of them are from Botched.
1: Yes, Paul and I. It was The the show was originally Paul's idea. We had worked for a short period of time together, and uh, he called me up one day, and he goes, hey, you do a lot of revisional stuff, a lot of fix, and I go, yeah, so do you. He goes, why don't we do a <coughs> TV show about fixing impossible-to-fix plastic surgery? I said, terrible idea. He goes, why? I said, well, think about it. Most of it will probably go badly, and we've just put ourselves on national television with... Disaster complications that we could have because the risk of a complication is Exponentially higher when someone's had previous plastic surgery or when someone's had 15 previous operations. right? So it's it's kind of not a great idea Reputation risk wise. Yeah, but you know we sort of it, it you know how life Imposes its will on you and forces you to do something that even if you thought was a bad idea you just do it you get really good at it and we got really good at it
0: so i mean that's really interesting do you find yourself like uh, contractually in a place where you don't have control of the final edit
1: no uh we don't we don't have control of well we don't we don't really see the final edit i mean they're very sort of concerned about see i don't you probably don't know this but my wife's up a housewife on Real Housewives of Orange oh, County. Wow, cool. And Paul's wife was a housewife on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills years ago, and so you have no control over that edit. In fact, right. they'll make you look bad. They'll make you look sure. good. You have no. This show, they're you know, we're never worried because they always say to us, "Ride the razor's edge." I kind of, I'm a very silly guy naturally, and everything I see, I sort of find kind of off the wall and funny, and so I use a lot of off-color humor in the show that they can't use
0: okay so
1: or if they did use it would make me look <clears throat> really bad because you know on a reality show you do those interviews afterwards yeah, yeah. Right. and then you try to say something funny and wasn't that funny so you try to say it again and then, invariably yeah. I get dirty with it and I go okay you can't say that at all And if yeah. they showed that I'd be cancelled right so They'll say, no matter what, we'll take care of you. You know, they make us look like heroes on purpose. So right. I'm never worried about it.
2: Yeah, that's think, true. They never want you to look bad. That's kind of the, whereas the Real Housewives, it's like, they need a villain. They need a good girl. They
1: need like, yeah, you don't, don't, want, don't need that. You don't want you. a bad doctor, right? right you don't exactly. want a bad doctor, but you don't want, just an interesting, weird, uncool story is that my wife wasn't on Real Housewives of Orange County for the last four years. We were on the first, first five years, not the first five years of the show, but like seasons six to 11, we were on it.
0: Then this I got, is after you're botch.
1: No, I've got. Okay. I, I started doing botch about three seasons into Real Housewives of Orange County. Okay. Same production company. Okay, so you figure, oh, they'll take. Oh, so we were off the show. the
0: same network too? Is it all on Bravo? No, we're on E. Oh, okay. And
1: but the same company, NBCU. Okay, right. so botch is on E. Real Housewives is on Bravo. We left Real Housewives, and now I'm just doing botch, which was awesome. Right, really fun. You have to worry about being, you know, your reputation being being a problem. Anyway, we go back on Real Housewives of Orange County, and one of the new Housewives apparently I had operated on 20 years ago, 20 years ago. And unbeknownst to me, because she looked so different, had a different last name, she had sued me. And Mm. you just forgot? For malpractice, (laughs) I forgot, didn't go anywhere. She dropped it, it was no big deal. (laughs) So she comes on, I had no idea it was her she knew. The other Housewives figured it out and they blew up the story instantly. My production company highlighted <laughs> on Real Housewives of Orange County <laughs> a malpractice lawsuit against me while I'm their hero on botch. And I went to and I said, Are you guys smoking crack? I'm your you you wanna Anyway, it was really a bad idea. Wow. Mm. It, it really, I, I felt it really, it really hurt my feelings. It was really disloyal. But that's what happened this season on Real Housewives of Orange County. Wow. Oh. How, sounds, p- how pissed would you be?
0: Um, I, I can't even imagine. But yeah, I'm a very but, sensitive guy, so I imagine well, I'd be upset.
1: I mean, to highlight, I mean, I'm unboxing these cases and make a big storyline on a even a bigger show about a malpractice lawsuit against me. Yeah. It's just not something, anyway. Mm. Wow. Long, long. Right. Yeah, that would bum me out too. It bummed me
0: out. I, I was less, uh, you know, motivated to ask about approval of the of the edit and and you know, uh, control over over what they include about how they show you in in interviews than about how they would approach just failures.
1: Okay, that's a very good question. So it's you're right. Uh, weirdly. In a hundred and seventy eight episodes, we really only had about three go wrong
0: and and I mean like presumably like you said the the risk is considerably greater in people who have proven to be prone to things going wrong.
1: Or they've had so much plastic surgery. You know it's funny, in plastic surgery you have a disaster complication either because statistically you're gonna run into a complication or you push your doctor. Keep going, going bigger, keep doing more surgery. You just keep doctor shopping, having more and more surgery. (coughs) So the tissue's ruined. So, yeah, the risk in our surgery is particularly high. In fact, I have a special high-risk consent form I have them sign that says, you realize this is no joke. Your chance of a complication, even in our hands, who do this for a living, is extraordinarily high. It's as high as 40% or more. And, of course, they think we're just covering our butts with this, but it's the truth. But to answer your question, three or four times it went you know, we, I had one patient ended up in the hospital, uh-huh. um, but they did okay. Where it gets tough is when you have a patient who has a, a complication, and then they go to an attorney who says, you know what, Harvey Levin TMZ is gonna hear about this. We, how about you give us five million dollars or we're gonna expose this to you? Mm. It's like almost an extort, that's happened once on the show. Mm. This wow. patient tried to extort me who was on botched. Immediately we fired him from the show, and we said, go for it, and. Uh we got the story out before they did, so it didn't actually And
3: that's me. why you have insurance for shit like that.
1: Well, you can't have malpractice insurance for someone, you know, trashing your reputation. Yeah. See, the, the big thing with me is if you sue me, sue me that's cool, because I don't commit malpractice. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm a certified expert for the California Medical Board. I'm a medical legal expert. I know exactly how to do this within the standard of care. But you can get me by fi- just the act of filing a lawsuit against Terry DeBro from Botched.
0: It's like a bad yell preview.
1: It's the... On steroids. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, the big threat is botched by the botched doctor. That's why when the show first started, before the first episode, it was named Nip Fucked. Ah. <laughs> S- like, C-K-D- nip, F, asterisk, CKB Nip
0: and tuck. Nip and fuck. fuck. It was a t- exactly, exactly yeah, a yeah. takeoff on that. Yeah.
1: We thought, this is so funny. And then, like, two weeks before the show, the first episode came out, Bravo said, the advertisers don't like that. We're changing the name. We go, okay, what do you change it to? We went, they said botched. We said, oh, that's a disaster. Why don't? Why didn't we want it to be botched? First of all, it implies that some doctor blew it. Or if we blow it, it's botched by the botched doctor. So we just didn't want that reputational hit. So that's always the threat. Oh, we're gonna file a lawsuit against you. Not whether the lawsuit will prevail, just the filing of it actually right. hurts us because it goes viral immediately. Yeah.
0: Right, but- <clears throat> It nip fucked is, is, has all the same It issues. does,
1: but botched is like somebody blew it. Right. Nip fucked is, is funny. You know, you have to get full, right. fully past the, oh, nip talked, nip fucked, right. ha ha ha. It just didn't have the automatic <laughs> you ruin them. Which right. botch does so? I that, mean,
0: it is a, a juicy title, and I think that they did well to go with it.
1: They did, and now it's—I mean—it's part of the vernacular almost. Botch, you know, they use it for other things as well. Botch mission. Well, you always can do right. that, but now it has that particular meaning to it because it's part of the, just like you. I mean, right. well, it's not as significant as that, but it's part of the cultural sort for of sure. language now.
0: Um, now, the uh. They, like the show, obviously, is very successful. Yeah. Um, does uh the decline in television viewership, like I mean, like is it propped up by a by a streaming service? I guess the Peacock would be.
1: So the ratings, and I do follow the ratings. Of course, right. you live and die by the ratings sure. when it comes to television. the The ratings of landscape television have degraded obviously every single season. Weirdly, this last season, season seven, we went up to back to season five ratings. Okay. Which is interesting. That's why they picked us up for so many episodes. And it's still grading on a curve. So if the other shows in the network have degraded Mm -hmm. more by a greater percentage and you went up, you sort of didn't not only didn't you degrade down thirty percent like all T V shows do now, that they go I think I think the show um I don't I don't know why it went up. I don't know I don't they gave it a little breather for a few months but it but it it did better but I I don't know why it actually did so well this last season.
0: I was in a hotel room with my fiance in November of last year and it was just on on a marathon. Just one show after the other and, and we just sat there and we were and gross it was the it's, the it's the only time I ever watched the show right and I thoroughly enjoyed it and I just hung in there for episode after episode until it was just obnoxiously late at night
1: right. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> I think the show the reason it works is we have this nice relationship it's plastic surgery gone bad but everyone knows you know you always question the authenticity of other reality shows I mean like what you guys did. I mean, when right. you fall off a building or something, everyone goes, that's dangerous. They're gonna get hurt. they Even if they don't, they got luck. Same with Botch. It's like, we take this tissue apart that's damaged, a disaster. We've warned them this could be a complete nightmare with you ending up in the hospital sure. and way worse. <laughs> and everybody inherently goes, yeah, that's true. That's, no right. one questions whether it's authentic and you wanna see the outcome, you right. know? And so I think that's, that's why it works. And that was the very thing I was so afraid of because it's the, predictably, it it should go wrong a lot of the times.
0: Right, my, hmm. my question on the, you said three or four times that it, that it didn't yeah. go well. Did the show own that and include those uh, sort of? Okay,
1: so trailer? yeah, that's a very good question. So the answer is one of the times it didn't go well um, it was because she had a wound problem and she was wound. Instructed, problem wound it, her her wound popped open. Okay, and it needs so dressing like the, changes the,
0: the, the Incision
1: the incision popped open and got infected. She needed dressing changes Which is okay because as long as you treat it and it gets better. We're good But she left a packing in there mm. and it healed over it. It pussed out. She ended up in the hospital and she hired a lawyer, and I said, "You stuck the packing in there. You know you're supposed to take it out." And that's one person who tried to extort me. So right. they were off the show. So that's okay. one of the three.
0: And that's not even a call that anybody made creatively. That's just
1: that's like you sue right. you sue us. You sue the network. You're out. Right. The other two, um, they it it just didn't work. The surgery we did just didn't work very well, and. We ended we were gonna bring them back and try to fix them again and they just the patients lost interest. It was like their 17th <coughs> surgery. But right. I will tell you, one thing we don't show you on box <coughs> is the following. A lot of times it looks like we do one surgery and they're fixed, and here's the after. Oh,
0: thank you, Dr. DeBo, you're the greatest. Uh-huh. You know,
1: it <coughs> sometimes we do four. Mm. Okay. Sometimes I try to give people a ninety plus percent improvement, right? Mm. And so if you are a total screw nightmare melted wax thing right the first sometimes the first big surgery is trying to get you into the 60s like I think of it like getting a, a score on a test you know right you want to get a 90 that's an A and then you need to get like 96 to get in med school but a 93 percent improvement in plus surgery is a really right. giant improvement mm-hmm. so sometimes with one surgery I'll get him not very often I almost always get in the low 90s one time but sometimes you get him into the 60s you go okay and then six weeks later you get him into the 80s and then you get him into the 90s with mm. three or four surgeries if you try to push it into the 90s sometimes with one surgery you're gonna go the other way and you're gonna make him worse mm. okay Or put him in the hospital mm.
0: now plastic surgery it is safe to say that it's always elective surgery and as such not covered by insurance
1: Okay, so there's plastic and reconstructive surgery. So the stuff that's considered reconstructive, like breast cancer reconstruction, a congenital deformity, Breasts that are giant, those surgeries that have sort of a functional component, not just a cosmetic uh-huh. component. If there's a significant functional component, those that's covered by insurance. Okay, But taking a bump off somebody's nose, not, but having an airway, a breathing problem. Uh-huh. that's sometimes that is okay. often. So sometimes there's two components. And breast reconstruction, even though it's cosmetic, it's pure cosmetic because you're you don't have a functional problem when you have no breasts insurance companies will pay for that
0: okay now in the case uh, on the show when you, you've got four surgeries um, d- is the show covering these these surgeries
1: so general so the show covers the surgery wow and they they pay us a certain amount to do the surgery and then anything after that we kind of take care of because I'm not putting you on the after you know I'm not showing <laughs> an after that's Terrible. Right. It's got to be rock so, star. So mm-hmm. that
0: wouldn't make me believe that the budget for this show is pretty astronomical if you're covering all of this surgery.
1: Well, 98% of the time we nail it with one operation. Right. So for example, let's say the show pays 20,000 to have us operate on the patient, okay? Twenty thousand covers the anesthesia, the facility. I might charge normally under normal circumstances a lot more than that portion of twenty thousand. That's the procedure fee. Well,
0: especially if you're taking a big risk, by doing yeah. the surgery. But
1: obviously, I'm. I'm. It's just they pay us enough just to cover it, and we're sort of, as far as I'm concerned, once I'm in, you know, I'm in. Yeah. By the way, I kind of do that with my own patients. If you fly. Most of my practice is botched, meaning you don't really come to Terry Dubrow because you want a simple bump taken off your nails or you want bre- simple breast enlarge. You come to me because I'm gonna fix your desperately hopeless problem. If I, I charge you a lot of money for it because I've, I have special skills, I mean, you know, uh, maybe I'm not Tom Brady, but you don't pay Tom Brady, you know, a yeah. million dollars a year to be your quarterback. You mm-hmm. got to pay him because he's going to win, right? Well, I'm going to win. I'm going to I'm going to win. And wow. so if I don't, mm-hmm. and you have flown in from today I had most of my practice overseas practices back. I had two patients who were from Africa today, a patient from Sweden, a patient bunch from Texas, New York. You come in, you come all the way in, we charge you this amount of money. If it doesn't work, I'm gonna keep going and I'm not gonna keep charging you every time. Right. So we, we don't
0: lose money on botch. Do, do you
3: have a favorite body part that you work on? Well, the besides most common- calm- the boobs?
0: Could this doctor be any cooler? It's like, you want him to be your dad, he's so cool. And let me tell you, Father's Day is coming up mighty quick, which has me thinking about some of the coolest things my father taught me. Like, if a little's good, a lot's better and never over promise and under deliver. God, I love my dad. And I'm guessing you love yours too, so why don't we get them something really cool for Father's Day from Harry's, which is the single company in the shaving products industry with the highest customer satisfaction. They just make quality products with no pricey gimmicks, and they're giving their best offer to the listeners of the Wild Ride podcast. Plus, for Father's Day, you get two cool choices. You You can either get, if you're a first-time Harry's customer, this killer starter kit, which comes with the weighted ergonomic handle, the five-blade razor, the cool travel case for the blade, and the foaming shave gel. Or you can get free engraving on any premium shave kit so that dad can have his own cool engraved razor. How about that? Now, to get this deal, you just go to harrys.com slash stevo. Plus, I can think of a lot of funny things I might get engraved on a razor for my dad. Just putting that out there. So head to harrys.com slash stevo to get this great deal, and now let's find out if this doctor is a boob guy or a butt guy. Are you a boob guy or a butt <laughs> guy? <laughs> you yeah, yeah, yeah. like well,
1: Okay, so the most common plastic surgery procedure is breast augmentation. Yeah. That happens to be the one that has the most risks associated with it, because you think about it, you you make an incision, you open up a pocket, you throw in a foreign body, the immune system comes by and goes, what, what is this? Right. And a great percentage of time, it decides at some point in the future, maybe not right away, but maybe a year later, Three years later, hopefully never, it decides, I don't like this. And it forms intense scar tissue mm. around it, encasing it. Is that it.
0: called capsular contraction? That's exactly
1: what you learned from the show. Huh? That's good. <laughs> That's exactly what it's called, capsular contracture. And, you know, you'll go back in, you'll try it again, and then it'll get infected. And now you've lost tissue, the nipples will die, and you've got this gnarled up crab, crab claws appearance where there's nothing there. What are you going to do? you go to the botch doctor to try it and fix that. So that's the most common complication. So for that reason, that's the most common fix it surgery. Okay. But my favorite I like I like doing I like doing really difficult stuff that doesn't necessarily have breast implants associated with it because I can nail breast implants and fix it and it's perfect, and they love me, and they're happy. And then three months later, the body went, "Nah, fuck you," and it just put scar tissue around it and mm. said, "I don't like this." And you go, "Ah." So even though technically <laughs> I nailed it and got it to heal, right? The body said, "No, nah, I don't like it," and put scar tissue around it. Okay. Damn.
0: <clears throat> you said the nipple will die. What does that mean?
1: Okay, so when you take a breast apart right you have to naturally when you do any surgery you cut blood supply Uh by the very nature of making an incision when plastic surgery we lift tissue off as you lift it off you're cutting more and more blood supply as they've had more and more surgery there's more more scarring within the tissue so there's naturally left left less fuel going to the nipple right well if you cut too much skin here and too much skin on the side and you lift it out too much and you put too you take too big of an implant and put you're it in there you're
0: undermining the circulation.
1: That's exactly right. You're choking off the fuel yeah. supply, the oxygen, the arterial blood flow to the nipple. And so that's going to
0: do nerve damage. Not
1: nerve damage. It's vascular mm-hmm. damage. So okay. nerves is for sensation. So the vascular dent da- so it starts to turn blue and then black. And oh, you it, dies, dies. it dies 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 wow. dies necrosis Wow, and so what you want to do is you know, it, it's a game we play with the tissues This tissue has been completely damaged and trashed. How much more trauma can I subject it to before I? Bugger it before it now yeah. doesn't have enough blood supply to stay alive, and I'll give you an example so there's a case These these were on boxes. I have these cases in my real practice too, not that I did, where a doctor will go to Mexico or go to some guy. What's weird in plastic surgery, any doctor can do plastic surgery legally in this country. A radiologist can decide to take a weekend course and call himself a cosmetic surgeon on Monday. But not in
0: Mexico? No,
1: in Mexico too. Okay. But <laughs> Mexico can be a street vendor so, <laughs> or true. Sure. But it's legal. If you go, <laughs> how'd you like a radiologist or a rheumatologist or a cardiologist to do cosmetic yeah, surgery? It's, it, it's not cool. I right? mean but, but you got
0: you gotta figure America's so litigious that That's like, what protects them. Right.
1: But they still do it. Okay. So in general, for example. If you take someone's abdomen to do a tummy tuck, you make an incision, you lift it up, tighten the muscles and you pull the excess down and cut it off. If you also do liposuction to that tissue that remains and beat it up too much, the whole thing can die. So I've had cases from Mexico, from Arizona, from all over the country where they do too much liposuction and the whole thing the next morning is turning blue. And then it turns black, and the entire abdominal wall dies. Necrosis can it, can it gain, go back? Can you go back and fix it? No, I mean,
3: can, I, can it go back I mean, to life? Can yes. it grow
1: back? No. Well, okay, so if you identify that that's happening, and you, and it's from a reversible cause, right, you can maybe help it and keep it alive. But most of the time when you've beaten it up too much, that's not a reversible cause. If you put a breast implant in that's too big and it's squeezing off the blood uh-huh. supply the nipple and you go, oh, it's dying in the first 24 hours. And you take the implant out, let it breathe. You can you can okay. reverse it allowed and then put a smaller implant later. But in most of the tissue, once it starts to die, you can't salvage it. So that's that's what I do. Like you, you're, it's missing parts surgery.
0: So, so in the case where the abdominal wall dies, uh, I mean, there's no bringing that back to no. life. You're gonna have to to remove that.
1: It, you remove the dead tissue, and then it scars in, and you maybe do a skin graft or whatever it's done to get a closed wound, to get biological control of the wound. So now you have this massively scarred up, contracted so disaster. that's a skin
0: graft situation? That,
1: or it just, it just scarred up and closed on itself, but now it looks terrible. So what do you do for that?
0: I mean, if... I'm trying to imagine too when when you say abdominal wall I'm thinking about muscle no
1: the muscle doesn't die you can't kill the muscle it's got the blood supply comes from too deep it's the skin
0: okay so so the skin and uh, when, when it closes on its own I'm picturing that it's uh, it's contracted. It's so tight that you can't sit up and stand up straight. Or you
1: can't sit up. You're in chronic pain. It's pulling the nerves, giving you neuralgias. It's a disaster. So, so
0: you're gonna have to open that up and then add in. It's like a is that that's grafting?
1: No. Well, yeah. You, you don't you see you you don't necessarily want to graft because it'll look terrible. So you try to bring in like tissue, tissue that looks that's a, So you try to. So we that's have this a butt expression. Cheek? That, for example, you uh, you know, we steal from Peter to pay Paul if Peter can afford it is the expression. Wow, mm-hmm. I love right? that. So you know, if it's an abdomen, sometimes I'll rotate up a piece of tissue from. The leg that's very close and undermine it here and recreate it that way, or you can put tissue expanders in. Sometimes,
0: how's that not a uh, a graft? That,
1: that's that's not a skin graft. A skin okay. graft is you you know you basically mow a piece of skin off, right? You right mesh right. It, okay. and You put it on here it looks terrible. Mm-hmm. I've got I've
0: got some right here. Is that you a skin see, graft? Yeah, you see that that, that little mesh. Right. That yeah. was skin,
1: where do they take that from? It,
0: that was cadaver.
1: Cadaver skin? And isn't it isn't it crazy that that
0: means that that cadaver's flesh became my flesh in the, the one area?
1: Isn't that cool? Was that a burn?
0: It was burns. Yeah. Fifteen yeah, percent of my body. I had uh, the flesh from seven different dead people grafted on, and that one little patch became me.
1: Well, how did you get burned?
0: Uh, I laid in rocket engine fuel, and this guy set me on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. As, as, as you rock- do.
1: Really? really? Yeah. <laughs> it hurts, doesn't it?
0: Burns are the worst. And like I, I ended up on a, a little bit of a tour of burn units yeah. and heard repeatedly that people who have been either uh, shot or stabbed or both will always tell you that burns hurt the most.
1: They do. Burns hurt the most. So i did a full general surgery training after med school i went to ucla med school then i did seven years of general surgery training where you're like the trauma doctor and i was chief resident in trauma and then i went on to plastic surgery yeah. when you do burns and plastic surgery you spend a lot of time in a burn unit so i spent right. a year in a burn unit doing burn surgery and it is the worst injury of all. Absolutely. And you know what you die of when you have a massive burn all over your uh, body? Dehydration. That's right, because the because main... the
0: water's going to try to cool down the burn. That's no, what a blister is. Well,
1: no, the main function of skin is to hold water in your body. Mm. So when you burn a large percentage of your body surface area, that's what we call it, BSA body surface area, you can't keep water in and you die. From hypovolemia, you die from dehydration. Uh-huh. So that's why you got to get these things covered and grafted as fast as possible. Otherwise, people just sweat to death. Not really. Sweat. I read.
3: I read an article in Brazil. They use uh, tilapia skin to do skin grafts, or some places do pig skin or human skin. What's the difference, and why would you?
1: It's about the immune system. The scales. So you, you, if it's a, <laughs> if it's a a xenograft, which is an, an a non-human skin your body will immediately reject it. So it's a temporary thing, but the body is gonna slowly eat it up anyway. So if like someone's really burned, but they're unstable, and you don't wanna do the final human skin grafting, you, you can put pig skin on, but you could, you have to take it it's off. It's essentially a Band-Aid. Uh, it's a Band-Aid. Now, cadaver skin, um, the best skin is your own skin. Right. So you take a skin graft from one part of your body. Yeah. That's normally what you get—is your own skin, because cadaver skin is not the greatest either. You could do it for very small areas, but for big areas, you got to use your own skin.
0: Wow, I, I, I got away with it then because I had pretty large areas.
1: Yeah, fifteen percent is a lot. I mean, did they admit you put IVs in you? It do took him thing? five days to go in.
0: I didn't. Go and he was just a picture. He's pacing his
3: hotel room. I'm like, dude, yeah, we gotta I, go. I was just oh, tucking it out.
0: Ah, boy, do I
1: have pictures! Yeah, because that's—he looked like ET. Is
3: he had a big bulb on the end of his finger? Oh yeah, the blisters. I mean, I'm sure Steve's about to show
0: you all of it. I had bona fide bags of uh, of skin. I don't even know what the the medical term is.
3: What do you mean, uh, bags? Maybe, like uh, like, like blisters, a blisters. 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 But, yeah. but, but like this Bulleye.
2: size, just hanging off really? his he arm.
3: Really? He popped them all and took a shot of it. I okay, wow.
0: there There's a, there's one oh yeah, that's a serious bird, man. Look at that. Yeah, that... Uh yeah. But they admitted you for this, right? They, they did. Well, I waited for five days. Ooh, and, and you the lucky they
1: didn't get infected. How did you deal with that pain? It,
0: it was the worst pain I've ever experienced. And, and each day, the pain got worse and worse. By five days, I couldn't handle it anymore. I tapped yeah. out and I went to the hospital. And at the hospital, they said, you need emergency surgery Yep. Uh, right away. Um, and, and they asked me when was the last time I'd eaten, and I had just eaten. Yeah. I went in there saying that uh, I wouldn't have any painkillers because I'm a sober guy. Right. And um, oh, you Then it. then they said, oh well, because you just ate, we can't we can't operate on you for another eight hours. Right. And I said, okay.
1: Give me something. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay, give me right something. And and
0: my my arms were so burned, they they put it into my neck.
1: They put it in the jugular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. An IJ. Yeah, that's where we do it. Sometimes patients were so burned in my general surgery training that you'd put it right. You would put the needle right through. Oh. The burn into the big vein. Wow! It's all about fluid resuscitation when Is, is that the aorta? Burn. No, it's a vein. Aorta <laughs> right. is the main artery. artery that Sorry, comes, you don't want to put anything in that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you
0: said that that uh, early in your practice you were working in a burn unit. But was that a, like um, doing plastic surgery after the, the the burns had healed?
1: Yeah. So when you're in when you're a general surgeon, you deal with acute burns. Right. Like. You go to a burn unit, it's all a bunch of general surgeons. They cut out the dead tissue. But plastic surgery is focused on burn reconstruction. So if someone has a burn and they have, you know, uh, a web here or a contracture, you can't lift your arm. Uh,
0: Help us understand what a web is.
1: So if you get a burn from here to here, it shortens the skin and it gives you a web. Right, right, okay. So you can't. Can't extend right, right, your neck right, at all, right? Right, right. right. So that's you, why
0: they told me I would to be really careful as I healed to move.
1: That's the key thing. Otherwise, because you get burn contracture. Heal. It'll yeah. heal in one. Yeah. So you, do you, we have all these fancy techniques to lengthen scars, or so that you can move, have normal range of motion, or we, yeah. Or,
0: when when you lengthen a scar, God, that's fascinating. Do you have to uh, plug in each strip? So like.
1: So the general principle behind lengthening a scar is you have to make incisions outside of the scar to bring tissue that's normal into it to lengthen it. So, it's, for example, if you have a a band, a scar contracture band here, so you can't, you'd make a cut here, and you'd make a cut here. It's called a Z-plasty, and you would elevate up tissue here, elevate up tissue here and then transpose it, which would lengthen the whole thing. And that's how you get relief, but you uh-huh. have to make additional It's like a geometry trick. Wow. It's very trippy. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. So, I mean, a lot of what I do now, obviously, is just total disaster surgery.
0: But, do people ever uh, try to just throw more money at you to keep you going, to, to keep improving the...
1: That, but that's how they got in trouble to begin with. What, right. I, what I run into now is they, I I say look just because I'm on a TV show and I crack a few jokes and I and I do this impossible surgery doesn't mean you won't have a complication doesn't mean you're going to have you're going to have perfect breasts or perfect face right. or whatever or perfect stu- stomach so I will get them it'll be a lot of times I'll get an A minus They right. want to be what they were promised right. with their first surgery, which they wanted to be mm. perfect. And I say, don't use the P word with me. How about, and I can't tell you how many times in, in the last seven to 10 years, patients, I'll say, don't you think it's beautiful? They go, oh no, it's beautiful. It's not, it's just not what I want. I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. It should be, it's beautiful, period. Or it's beautiful, right. period. Thank <laughs> you, you're the best.
0: Especially <laughs> since these people, by definition, are like the most self-conscious, insecure, vain, yeah. like you've got this heightened thing. So, so of course, of course, yeah, they...
1: You have to be very careful, particularly the ones we bring on the TV show, to make sure that they have realistic expectations. You know, we, we try to undersell them and over-deliver. Yeah. Everybody tries to sure. do that. But we really try to do that. But they... Wah, 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 goes in right. one ear out the other. I You're the botch doctor, you're on TV, you've got <laughs> yeah. special powers. And we go, whoa, 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 I do not have special powers. If the risk isn't too high, see the problem is, you can bugger them going from an 83 to a 93. Right. For
0: sure, it's like playing blackjack.
1: It really is. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it. It really is. So Don't you have walk to be away. really careful. And I ha- in my real practice, I've had a couple patients where it's an 89% improvement. They started out as a fit it was a disaster, right And it actually looks good. It looks good, but right. they don't want it looks good. They want it to be it's awesome. And I go, listen. Yeah. This next one, we could run into statist- we could run into data here. I could have- uh... I could have a problem. And when that happens, then they get pissed.
0: Have you ever said used a Blackjack analogy? No, but like, I, I like, might
1: start doing that. Right?
0: Like, hey, you're sitting here with. What do you want? Twenty-one on blackjack?
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're sitting you got here 20. with
0: twenty. You're sitting here with like eighteen. And you're asking <laughs> you're, for a hit. You're, yeah. you're asking me to to give you a hit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, we obviously have them sign these forms. Right. But at the end of the day, they just sign them. I say, read these, you know. And if you ever watch right. Botch, you know we really warn people. You know, yeah. Sure.
0: I mean, that's what uh, what heightens the drama of the show. It does. Is that <laughs> that there's this inherent risk of catastrophic failure.
1: Well, were you about to ask me a question? Yeah. But uh, if you're finished well, with... Well, so there was an episode of Botch where this woman had had all this... You ever heard of these plump pumping parties
0: candidly i had not heard about these pumping parties but god are they fascinating what i have heard about that pumps is my heart and i know all about how it pumps because i wear a whoop fitness band it's the single most sophisticated fitness tracking device on earth period and now it's completely waterproof you just take your waterproof charger you slide it right on top so the band never comes off and Man, this thing is going to make you healthier, happier. It's going to make you sleep better because you're going to find out what's going on with your body at all times with the Killer Whoop app. It's synced up to your phone. You're going to find out so much awesome stuff. Like now it's even got your blood oxygen on there. It's got like a little haptic Uh, dynamic which can buzz your wrist when you've reached your optimum amount of sleep I'm telling you what are they going to come up with next it tells you about your heart rate variability which is a very important metric all stages of sleep recovery how many calories you're burning I'm telling you I love my whoop band and this company, Whoop, loves you, the listeners of the Wild Ride podcast, so much. They're giving you 15% off at checkout if you go to Whoop.com and use the promo code Stevo. Jump on this deal because it is epic. It is Whoop.com. That's W-H-O-O-P.com. And you use the promo code Stevo for 15% off at checkout. Man, love Whoop. Whoop and thank you. Now, let's get back to it.
1: They'll go to a hotel, they'll have caulking materials from an unlicensed person injected in their face other than pay for, or or, or non-sterile silicone and it causes like masses and inflammatory disasters. There's one on Botch where she was turned down by every doctor for the last 10 years and she looked like the elephant man. Her name's Raji, I mean, I, I can show you a picture. I'll bring up a picture, okay? Masses everywhere of inflammatory granulomas. And she came on Botch and we, she came on and we turned her down. Because we turned down a third of the patients on Botch.
0: I mean, you got to figure that if uh, if everybody else is turning her down, what's the likelihood that you're going to go and put a big television spotlight on it?
1: That Not only that, if everyone else turned her down, a bunch of board certified plastic surgeons turned her down, And you take her to the OR and you make it worse, the hubris. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's basically, you knew that 10 other doctors turned down. Why did you do that? That almost sounds like malpractice. You're getting over into the, you're doing experimentation. So this woman comes on season three with concrete in her face. Concrete masses. I mean, unbelievable.
0: Just Home Depot shit?
1: Like Home Depot shit. Literally (laughs) caulking material. They... uh, the person who did it ended up going to jail for murder Oh she got injected a couple people in their butt and went up to their lungs and killed them so she was yeah the madam they called her so she comes in and then I thought to myself gosh she was really walking around I thought about it for about six months nine months the next season came out and I thought and I woke up one morning at four o'clock and I had an epiphany about it I thought I know how to fix her Don't go in there and try to... Because it was so close to the surface, even if you could remove it from the inside, you're going to devascularize the skin and it's all going to die. And now her face is going to be necrotic, gangrenous, like a zombie. So I thought, wait a minute, I'm not thinking about this right. What if I just took the part off from the inside that was causing the mass and left the part right next to the skin intact, keeping the blood supply intact?
0: As long as you can't see it, so, so I'm trying it's to follow that. Does that mean almost. like what if I... Uh, take off the bottom half. Take off the bottom half, leave the concrete in, but just get it further away from the surface. Exactly.
1: And just get it so you can't see. Because if you feel your skull, it's super irregular. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right? I mean, there's lumps and bumps all over it. But just as long as it looks... Smooth. You don't care that you can feel your zygomatic arch and the way it inserts into the max, max maxillary area. You know, right. who cares? Just as long as it looks okay. So
0: is that a function of pulling the cement underneath, like muscle tissue?
1: So you have to go in there and lift it up. So now it's attached to the skin, and here's the mass right here. Uh-huh. Well, rather than trying to pull this whole thing out, I took an orthopedic saw, and I went. <clears throat> and cut off this part so it sat flat and I did it all over her face and for a year and a half the big concern is when you do that you're just going to piss off the body and the immune system the body will go fuck you and just start forming more inflammatory tissue right. for a year and a half she looked amazing I have pictures it's on, the, it's on the internet and then she came back and some of them grew back I took her back again and took more off and now it's been six years perfect wow so that was my epiphany. But at the end of the day, had that gone badly, she could have said, "You know, all these other doctors said my chance of a complication is hundred percent, and you promised me. You know, it's on TV, so no one's gonna. It's all right. evidence and proof that I didn't overpromise." Right. Right. But it worked, and since then, I've had patients flying from all over the world. And I've done that. Mm.
0: Wow. And yeah. So- It's a little bit like sweeping the cement under... It's exactly
1: what it is. It's exactly what it is. I had... So being on botch also forced you to... And I hate to use this word too loosely, but invent procedures. Because you don't really want to invent procedures. It sounds like, again, you're experimenting on patients. But you have to be creative. But you have to be creative using fundamental surgical principles. Then it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Then it'll hold up in a courtroom. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So um, I had a woman who very thin woman who had gigantic breast implants put in her buttock area as butt implants. And like, what? <laughs> and it, it caused so much pain and hardness and it was compressing her sciatic nerve. She couldn't live like that. So she had to have them taken out. It got to the point where she couldn't even walk. Very attractive woman, really perfect body but had these big giant implants in her butt, compressing the nerve. <clears throat> the problem is if you take them out, the buttock skin is just going to sit here, right? Like you know, you're like you've had triplets or something, right. sure. and, and and so, what do you do for that?
0: Well, that's got to be the most common question because when people are getting breast reductions or getting implants removed, like uh, breast implants removed, you've naturally got all this saggy skin like the person's just lost 100 pounds. It's
1: true, but you still have breast tissue. Remember, this is a girl who, and the, the implant had atrophied her, any buttock tissue she had by compression. it just gone. And you have, you have basic structural changes you can make that make sense. The buttock has its own natural architecture. And if you mess with its architecture too much, see the face, your, your, your face is defined by your bones more than your right. skin. Beauty is in the bones. What are the bones of the buttock? There is none. Right. And there's no, bre- there's no real tissue in the buttock when it's been destroyed by previous implants. So I thought, how do I give her volume without using implants? Because she wasn't going to tolerate implants anymore. So what I did was, I invented a procedure where I took her um, her tissue, her love it, handle, her love handle <laughs> that's exactly right, It's the words I was looking for, her love handle tissue, just as long as you leave a portion of it intact where a main artery is going in, it's got a fuel supply. And I rotated it down into the buttock, lifted the buttock skin over it on both sides and removed the excess skin and went, come on. Now, that is a procedure that exists for reconstructing horrible uh, cancer deformities where you'd flip it over on the front. But it's never been flipped as a cosmetic procedure in the buttock. And now it's like a, a thing I routinely do. Well. Wow. That's awesome. It's one of those common things I do. If someone wants more buttock protection, <coughs> I throw it in, you know? Because you can't inject free you've heard of Brazilian butt lifts? That's B- like BBL. BBL. You've wow. heard you know what a BBL is? You do liposuction and you inject it into the buttock to okay. give people bigger buttocks. I mean
0: Oh, so that's like a the Kardashian. Like a, thing. a cellulite transplant.
1: It's like a fat transplant. It is. It's a pure fat transplant. Okay. So The problem with that is if you get those fatty particles a little too deep into the buttock, there are very short blood vessels in the bottom of the buttock that connect right to the inferior vena cava, the main blood vessel that leads back to the right side of your heart that goes to your lungs. You inject fat into those short little gluteal vessels, it gets into the main inferior vena cava, it goes to your lungs, dead. On the table or maybe within a couple days. It's the most fatal procedure in plastic surgery of BBL. In fact, it's so fatal that they gathered an international task force to try to get doctors to stop doing it. I stopped doing it, but it's still super common. So if you can rotate someone's love handles instead, that doesn't have the same risk. It can't get into the blood vessels. It works, but you've got to... It's not something you really want to teach other plastic surgeons. Yeah, I was going to say, crazy. are other
2: people now doing your surgery? <laughs> um, like, we'll no, they're the still Terry Foldbackers, right? Some kind of name, <laughs>
1: right? Or. The Terry Butt lift. <laughs> the Terry yeah. Butt lift. Yes,
2: yeah. T- yeah. yeah. yeah
0: the terry transformer because yeah. I, I picture it like a transformer going from a car into a uh-huh, robot right. well
1: it's interesting in medicine you used to be able to name procedures after the doctor who invented them and then that became a big no-no so i lost interest once you can't name it after the DeBro butt augmentation that's I care yeah. no i'm kidding um, <laughs> you know they still are injecting fat they're just trying to keep it more superficial but when you hear of eight people die in a month in Florida, it's from that operation. Mm-hmm. Wow, man. Dangerous. What,
3: what is the uh, like the, the dysphoria, or is it some yeah. kind of a condition where somebody just keeps getting lip injection and they think it looks pretty? Yeah, I think
0: you're looking for dysmorphia.
3: Or, no, 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 but like- That's right. But they look in the mirror, they think it looks beautiful, but to everybody else, it's so fucking big. Yeah. Like, Do they not see how big it is, or are they seeing something different than we're seeing? It's or? BDD. Body yeah.
1: dysmorphic disorder, BDD. It's where you, what you see is so out of proportion to what the normal person sees, right? Like for example, someone will have a little bump on their nose, oh my God, and then you take it down, they still see it and they'll get another surgeon. That, by the way, if a bot, uh, uh, every once in a while, <clears throat> so the way it works on botch is they'll send us the pictures and at this stage we go, I can fix it, I can fix it, I can fix it, you know, bring them in. And you bring them in and immediately you're looking at them going, Okay, are you a psycho? You have to, it's the binary right. psycho, not psycho test. And if they if they immediately, you can tell a psycho, right? You know, it gets your red flags. It's in the eyes. It's in the eyes. You go, okay, no matter what, even though this is the coolest case and I want to do this on TV, you're too much of a there psycho. There are
0: sleeper psychos. There are, by the way, <laughs>
1: there are sleeper cycles, and that's the ones that we're super afraid of, right? right. Because yeah. they, all my ex girlfriends. Ch- <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So they'll charm you, the sleeper cycles. They're sociopaths. Sometimes you're they'll white knight you. Oh my gosh, you're the best oh i'm so take pictures with me no i know i know even you aren't you know foolproof and then afterwards oh my god this is a disaster So you have to be really careful the way you evaluate the sleeper (laughs) psycho. so sometimes on botch they come and you go i want to do this so bad the producers will say you sure and i go i'm sure and we've been doing botch with the same producers for so long they they're the first ones that hear about. It. I'm unhappy, so if I say they're psycho, they go, "Yeah, get yeah, by right, yeah. next." And right. now. You know we have fifteen thousand people applying to be unbotched all over the I world. Bet. so it's really easy. I'm <sighs>
2: curious, like for you, what's the incentive to do the show? Does it just did it it's raise like your asking profile asking enough? A, a,
0: it's like asking a a tattoo artist why they would want a reality TV show about their tattoo practice because once the show comes out, they've got a waiting list of like four years. Yeah, is it just is so, it so much demand? Simple as that. So.
1: Yeah, when you're a doctor, see, I did a TV show called The Swan. Did you remember Mm the show? I remember that. I was the doctor of that show. Wow, Mm -hmm. I totally
0: remember that. That
1: show put me on the map Mm -hmm. and got me, I was only four years out of my training when I did it. And so it got me the most mature practice. I was booked for five years after that show. So I got really good because it's all experiential. It's like what you do. You get good at what you do all sure. the time, mm-hmm. right? You can't have anybody do this stuff, right. right? So the more you do it, like sports, the better you get at it. So I got really good, really fast. Not because I'm so talented. All of my training was the best in the world at UCLA, but if the if this guy's doing a hundred plastic surgery cases a year and I'm doing eight hundred and twenty. In five years. This is why Kobe would get to the gym before the Mm -hmm. other guys and would be the last to leave. You you do 20,000 shots that day, you're better. You're just better. Yeah, yeah. So I got really good really fast. But when it came to Botched, I thought doing a TV show is fun, you know. Um, Doing challenging plastic surgery is really fun. The question is, why would I want to do it anymore? I'm not going to get any more famous than I am. I mean, you either know who I am or you don't. And if you don't, what color is it? The rock that you've been living under. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> That's great. No. Um, but at this point, my wife said to me, that she goes, why do you want to keep doing botch? And I said, because it's like, being a fighter pilot, you know, it's like you want to fly. It's it's just hair on fire, and it's cool. And I'm really into it, and I love it, and I'm good at it. And at the end of the day, surgeons want to operate. That's what we're born to For do. Sure. I,
0: I just got back from a, a vacation in Hawaii, and I I consider it the most miserable experience I've had thus far this year. Why? Because... Bored. I, yeah, bored. It takes me about 10 minutes to get completely bored if I'm not doing something. And I got to believe that that's got...
1: it. Okay, so we haven't been doing... The pandemic really slowed us down. They weren't sure whether they were going to bring us back because they had 178 episodes. That's like enough to go into syndication or whatever their version of that on cable TV is. So they were going, eh. And then... So we didn't. We haven't done Botch for like nine months. Usually we go... We, Do it, we go start right right into production again, okay? So I was, normally I do botched all day on Wednesdays, we film the consults, and then half day on Tuesday we do the botched surgery.
0: And so I said, you know what? That's when you're in production, but you're not in production all the time.
1: Exactly, but but normally we weren't out of production very long, but we've been out of production for nine months. Uh And so I said, well, maybe I just won't work on Wednesdays anymore. You know, it wouldn't be nice, because I worked my ass off for a while. I was operating seven days a week. There was no difference between Sunday and Monday for me. So I started not working on Wednesdays, and then I'm sitting around going, uh, and I call my office and go, eh, maybe book one case Wednesday morning. <laughs> and they go, okay, okay. My wife goes, are you are doing a case? I go, yeah, I'm just gonna do one case Wednesday morning. And then all of a sudden I'm going, you know, maybe just book another short case after that Sounds first like me case. with
0: my touring agent.
1: right? You want to? Yeah. You want to? I like. I you know, and and it's hair on fire, man. I love operating. Plus, what am I going to do with these skills? And we have this expression in in surgery where, if I don't operate for two weeks, I'll notice the difference. If I don't operate for three weeks, you'll notice the difference. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You need, it's like playing tennis or football. You need to be operating all the time. You can't take too much time off and and your volume can't be low. Even at this advanced stage of my life and my career, I need to be, I need to be unconscious operating where I'm going, okay, I'm going to go over there and, you know, it's like driving. How did you get there? You didn't realize, oh, I've been. It's driving. incredible. Right. You go unconscious.
0: We just uh, spoke with... Um, uh Champion uh, UFC fighter, okay, who who was a champ, a simultaneous champion in two different weight divisions. Not which not, is not like, Connor. Not Connor. Okay, uh, it was Daniel Cormier. Oh, awesome! And uh, and he said that uh, I, I was saying I asked him how satisfying it is to while commentating say oh this person this fighter needs to roll over on this hip and then exactly what you said is exactly what happens is it so satisfying and he said. Uh, Yes, it is, but since uh, I've stopped fighting, those times are fewer and fewer because I'm not, the further you get away from fighting, the less you can see.
1: Exactly. And so, it's, it's really important to be operating, if you want to do difficult surgery, to be operating all the time doing difficult surgery. You know, it's funny. So, my wife, if you're interested, I'll show you my house. My we built? Oh. We build houses, right? I mean, occasionally. And so I built this house in Pelican Crest. Quick story, from the ground up, beautiful house, and we sold it, and then buying this lot and building it. Um,
0: is, this my, is this in the same neighborhood that Kobe lived?
1: That that was Pelican Crest. He okay. didn't live in Crystal. We we're in Crystal Cove. He lived in Pelican. That's the same neighborhood. Yeah, he lived right around. Yes, yeah, uh, one of the thrills I had is one time, a buddy, for my birthday, bought me. Seats set on the floor at the Laker game and it was like one of his last games and I'd seen him around and he knows who I am and we'd seen each other at Disneyland we sort of waved to each other he comes up to me goes hey man how you doing and in front of my friends I go yeah
2: Kobe Bryant <laughs> Oh Kobe.
1: man. Yeah, yeah. anyway so I get a call from a friend of mine he goes hey isn't this your old house in Pelican Crest I go yeah who's there and I know my buddy does the clothes for Conor McGregor Okay. And he goes, he, I, "Is Connor renting that house while he's training for his fight against whoever he lost to?" Oh,
0: oh, uh, Dustin Poirier.
1: No, Khabib.
0: Oh, okay. I think, okay. That, okay. That's, more, that's been that's been a few years.
1: Yeah. And so, <clears throat> yeah, maybe it was. Yeah.
0: Anyway, and
1: I, I said, he goes, "Yeah, I really can't talk about because Connor had you know, like the Secret Service there, basically mm-hmm. guarding yeah. him." So then Saturday, he calls me up and he goes. Hey, what are you doing right now? I go, I just got home from work. I was wearing exactly what I'm wearing now. And he goes, come over to your old house. I'm thinking, why? He goes, just come over. I drive over. It's two minutes away. And I open the door. to my old house. And it wasn't, hadn't changed that much. And Conor McGregor's there with a foot injury. Oh. <laughs> wow. So he had a bunch of skin pull off on the mat. I took him to my surgery center and I, operated. Oh, I worked on it. It was very cool. So that, to,
0: that wasn't the, the serious break that he got.
1: No, no, that was, that wasn't that. That was a fight <laughs> before that. Right. That, that, was, was, that. Is that, <laughs> right. that was with Dustin, right? Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. was the fight before that. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. So I, I'm, I've been dying to ask you this. Yeah. Uh, what can you tell me about men getting breast implants? Birb, birb jobs.
1: So it's vi- you mean that when they're transitioning or just as a goof?
0: Uh, <laughs> just because because like I got mean, I, I got to tell you that yeah. that, that uh, <laughs> I am at a point with um, the, all of my crazy antics that the bar is so high I'm actually planning f- for my next tour. Because I do multimedia comedy and I tell the stories about these crazy things and I screen the footage in the theater. Right. And for my next tour, I've decided that it's called Steve O's Gone Too Far Tour. <laughs> and and I'm just trying to I'm just trying to be so crazy. And one of my ideas is to get breast implants. Uh, to get breast implants.
1: So, the, we had a, we had a person on Botched, You can see it on YouTube. Who did that? They lost a bet.
0: Okay. I mean, this was ages ago. I saw. I think you
1: I saw think, it. <clears throat> and he thought it was so interesting he and so kept he, he, like he kept it for like over 10 it. years he did and so the if you're going to if you must if you're going to do it put him in and then take him out Relatively short. Okay, because that's exactly what I'm
0: thinking. Before I go on the tour, I want to restore everything back to. uh, Yeah,
1: if you if it isn't in for too long and doesn't stretch your skin for because last thing you want to do is have to have them removed and a bunch of scars put on your chest.
0: Right, because that like 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 secretly candidly, (laughs) like one of my main reasons I was so excited to talk to you was to ask about this. Yeah, and what the. because it just seems like it's got botched written all over it. It does. To have a, to, if if I get the breast implants removed and then I've got all this loose skin, yeah, then, uh, is that something that you can clean up?
1: Yes, but I, but what I'm telling you is, you're not going to keep them in for a year, right?
0: I, I think closer to six months. Maybe I think three, if you don't, maybe as little as three.
1: Okay, <laughs> if you don't go too big. Would What's the, too big? Yeah, how big can you i to see some
3: double Ds on them.
1: Do you,
0: I want to go as big as I can. Let, show me your chest. I'm just, okay. Do you have any loose skin now? <laughs> yeah, I've, 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 I've developed dimples under my man boobs, and that's why. Oh, you have some loose skin. Well, the problem is
1: you're a little stretched. If you go too big, how big is too big? If you go to a D, all right, and you right. keep these in for. Isn't
0: D a, a relative term?
1: Well, in general, we all know what a B cup is. It's like pornography. It's hard to define, but you know it when you see it, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, a B cup is like, you know, a champagne glass, right? A C cup, you start to get into sort of an orange, and there can be a small C, mid C, full C. We all know, you and I have an understanding, this is D, right? and this is double D, okay? Okay. You have enough room, you could probably do D or double D. If you do that and you keep it in for six months, that's getting maybe past the point where your skin will retract. Okay? So okay. you might want to do a C cup. But and it, then get them out at three to I, six months, and you won't have to have a skin-reducing procedure and bunch of scars.
2: But scars, if that's your worst-case scenario, that's not that bad. You or got it's, scars it's all over the process.
0: I'm like, I'm I was already just mortified that I took off my shirt on camera just now. Like, taking off my shirt and feeling good about it is part of my past. And so if I have scars from... Uh, from you don't you know, care. I mean, I don't know. Like, well, I mean, I mean and I your nipple falling off. I don't necessarily want to have have scars. Um, I I I take that back. But um, but I do. If you do
1: this, would you do me a huge favor? You don't have to say yes or no right now because I'm sure the answer is probably no. If you put in breast implants, will you please come unbotched and show us, please?
0: absolutely absolutely not know if anything my wheels are turning about how we can get into business together to make this happen where we're botched and you know uh, uh, like
1: i'll tell you how i can't <laughs> put them in okay because I, I you're doing I mean, as a, yeah. you're doing as a goof but you can get any doctor to put him in i could probably turn you on to a doctor to put him to put him in for free i'm sure i could right <laughs> But I'll take him out.
0: That's exactly what I want to do. Sure.
1: That's it. <laughs> Imagine the ratings okay. of that episode. For sure. Right.
0: There, okay. Steve O
1: on botch having his implants taken out. Come on. Know, perfect.
0: Yeah. I mean, dude, like, like uh, secretly, that it's was like my highest goal. Oh. For, for, Done. Oh, dude, I love it. Okay. <laughs> the the boobs to me are so funny. There's there's so many different fun ways. Like for example, uh, I recently bought a smart car for the purpose. Of crashing it into a brick wall to make sure that the airbags work.
1: Okay. Right. It's right. called the
0: it's called the airbag test. Okay. But if you follow me, after I get my boob job, I want to crash the car into a wall to do a fun bag test.
1: A fun bag <laughs> test. <laughs> well, they won't get injured. The okay, breast like, implants are incredibly tough. No, we uh, Paul and I have dropped them. We ran it over with his Ferrari.
0: Then, <laughs> dude, yeah. dude, you're my favorite. <laughs> dude, you're my, like, dude, Terry like, like What a bro. What uh, a bro. Dude, the most, I knew it was going to be the most fascinating conversation. Yeah.
1: Thank you. We we ran it, by the way, when I told, when, when, when Blythe first asked me, I said, are you kidding me? I absolutely want to meet him and talk to him. I knew this would be incredibly fun. But we dropped it from a building in Beverly Hills. We ran over with a Ferrari. I'd
0: be less concerned about the implant itself than the actual, like a, t- issue
1: yeah so th- that by the way patients will always say to me what happens if I get into a car accident and the implant ruptures I say if you get into a car accident that's significantly traumatic enough to rupture implant worry about the structures underneath your implant like cardiac de- damage or pulmonary damage right, or even if just some, uh,
0: even just the the the, the tissue the, the skin around
1: no i mean i've seen a million not a million a lot of car accidents with breast implants and they it's really you know you worry about the cardiac contusion the rib fractures right okay. yeah <laughs> it's not going to do much
0: so so we're going we're going d we're getting them out within 3 months what that, if you had
1: like francis Ganu?
2: punch one and try to break it. <laughs> By
0: the way. you wow. could try to punch your tit
2: By right the way, off. You, you know what
1: you could do? You could have a doctor. I can't believe I'm telling you this. You
0: <laughs> if only we had cold opens on podcast. <laughs> oh, we, we might need one on this one.
1: All right. But you could have a Saline so there's two kind of implants, right? They're they're little silicone shells, sal salt water and sal which is saline, and then silicone on the inside, right? You could have a saline implant massively overfilled. So it wouldn't require impossible amounts of trauma to get it to rupture. You could have that UFC fighter, that big giant guy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. smash your chest with an with his fist in an overfilled saline implant. That would probably if he did it hard enough. That would probably rupture it. You'd have to go straight to the doctor, right? No, I mean, you could have a ruptured implant. You know, you want to get it out soon enough. If he's got the saline in there. Yeah.
2: If you like drill the hole or some, or punctured it, would it just like, like water would just, the water would just come out? Like, can you just like puncture it and just squeeze the water
1: out? No, because, you know, his tissue thickness is like this, right? So it's, it's like, say it's two centimeters. Say it's. Three quarters of an inch thick, right? Until right. you get to the implant. You stab through it. You pull the, for example, a knife yeah, it's gonna out. It's going to into his tissue. It, immediately, the tissue collapses on itself. Okay. So it would rupture, because I've seen stab wounds. It would rupture on the inside, which is okay, but it would not It would not come out. It but if you be,
2: stabbed it with a straw, like a juice box. But you're never getting through <laughs> a the juice skin. juice box.
1: Ah. Oh, and you, and you kept it if in? If it was a yeah. metal straw, you stab okay. it in, Capri you could sun. drink it out. Right? <laughs> right. You, right? <laughs> <Like a Capri laughs> so, unbotched. By the way, yeah. we've had patients who have such giant implants that are starting to wear through the skin that if we just took them out and t- the skin's so thin, it has such poor blood supply, that if we put a smaller implant and cut all that skin off, the skin would die. It needs to thicken up. So what I've done is you take an IV yeah. and you put it in there and you drain it out. Aww. Let it contract down, scar tissue forms around it, then it's safe to do it. You know, the tissue. But no, you can't. I'm just thinking out loud <laughs> I, here. You know.
0: Okay. I, uh... This is a complete uh, change of topic and and, and, and we'll we'll wrap it up here soon, but I think anybody in the medical field has heard stories about people coming into the ER where they've put something up their butt and they can't get it out. We had a drawer. You had a drawer?
1: We had a drawer when I was at the county hospital, when I was in general surgery, where it was the drawer of stuff we pulled out of people's butts. It was oh, a legendary drawer. Okay, okay, drawer. Okay. I
0: thought you were saying uh, somebody had a drawer yeah. up there, but. Okay. No.
1: A drawer. A you put drawer. it out, and wow. it was like it was filled with it's like the- candlesticks and vibrators and. Like partially de decomp- I've heard
0: about a squirrel or something. Like an entire squirrel. A
1: squirrel wouldn't make the drawer. We had those. Wouldn't make the drawer cause, you know, they'd start to smell. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 you dead. could
0: put it in a, a, a case of formaldehyde. Yeah. And, and keep that so, energy. I'll tell you a quick
1: story if you want. Yeah. General surgery. My best stories are from general surgery. Too bad we don't have another hour. I could tell you one of them. I mean,
0: dude, we've, we've, it's, we're, gonna, we're approaching longer than, uh, than we've gone. But, dude, I'm fascinated right, I'll and, you, and, and... I'll tell
1: you two quick stories. See if you like them. One is, I had this Patient come in, I'm an intern in general surgery I've been up all night for days, you know, I'm tired as hell. And I walk in and I see this guy, he's sitting there, and I go, uh, the ER said, Hey, we have got a consult for you. So I come down, it's two o'clock in the morning, and I say the guy, I go, What's going on? He goes, Oh, I can't go to the bathroom. I go, What do you mean? He goes, I'm really constipated. And I go, Okay. So, how long have you been constipated for? Oh, about 12 hours. ago. well, some people get constipated for 12. He goes, no, I, I can't, I can't, and I go, i I try so to he get, knew, he, he knew. won't tell me yeah. what's going on. And all of a sudden, you hear this <laughs> And you go, I'm thinking, well, tell me. And he wouldn't, and so finally, I look up there, and I look up his butt, and I put the proctoscope in there, the anoscope, and sure enough, on the end of this vibrator was like a clown's head. And they would go, whoa! And you see, it's like this big clown. he's got this clown vibrator stuck up his butt. So <laughs> wow. we had to take him to the operating room. And we told him, hey, we'll put you under anesthesia. We'll try to relax your sphincter enough to pull it out. But if we can't,
0: we got to open
1: you up. Take oh, up. you
0: open it up from the front.
1: You t- open it up from the, and, you know, go down to the colon and make an incision in the colon and pull it out there. You'd rather not do that because that's big time surgery
3: why would it get stuck i mean wouldn't it come
1: out or so what happens is you put a vibrator up there or some object up there and there's all these sphincteric muscles. o-rings they o-rings they they collapse around it and and, and you and you and it's also it moves up there you can't get it out with your hand and you can't get it dilated enough. you try in the or when he's under anesthesia to dilate it you know and and reach up and get mm-hmm. it but once it starts to get up towards the uh, splenic flexure of the large intestine, you know, way yeah. up there. The only place to get it out is whoosh, whoosh, and open up the intestine and pull it yeah. out that way. It's like I a mean,
2: Chinese finger trap. Yeah, Paul. Tra- tra- yeah, tra- by the How way, do that's you get exact- your
3: dildos out?
2: <laughs> right? They just come out. You, you have like a plug, see, that keeps it at the sphincter level. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the key. You never go all the way in.
1: <laughs> okay, quick story, general surgery, that I think is so up your alley, maybe. So, on chief resident, these two brothers stab each other.
0: Okay, not in the hospital. They, no, come, they come in, They come in, trauma. we got
1: a trauma run, you know, where beepers go off, trauma, right. run, trauma run, trauma run, trauma run. So we come down and... Both
0: brothers in the same ambulance. Both brothers
1: in the same ER and the two bed next to each other because it's the red blanket room where, you know, where they're going to bleed. So Are they them, both
0: stabbed in different places? So
1: one brother stabs his chubbier brother like 15 times in the abdomen. Boom, oh, boom, okay. boom, boom, boom. And then... The chubbier brother stabs the skinnier one one time, right here on the side of the chest. Okay, so they bring so that's them in a kidney. And, uh, up in the upper chest. Kidneys in the in the okay. back of the abdomen. Okay, so on the upper chest. All right, so the skinny brother with a single stab wound in the chest seemed fine. So we put him this bed. His brother, who he stabbed 15 times, obviously the entire trauma team is focusing on him. Well, as Chief Rezzy, you get to sort of stand back. You get to make the big decisions, you know, while everybody's gathering around these people. So I'm talking to the skinny brother with the single stab while we're all focusing on the guy, putting IVs, putting foleys in him, getting ready for the operating room. And I say, how you doing, man? He goes, I don't know. I'm, I'm thirsty. They're going, fuck you, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. They're screaming at each other. I go, how you feeling? He goes, I'm thirsty. I said, you're thirsty. He goes, yeah, I'm really thirsty, doc. That, when someone says to you, they're thirsty, they're about to die. Wow. After a trauma. Why? Because everything's gone there? They've lost so much blood, or their heart's having trouble. There's some weird feedback thing in the brain. Thirsty is a pre-mortal event, okay? Wow. Super thirsty. And I go... I go, you're thirsty? He goes, yeah. And I look up and his pulse rate's starting to slowly go up. His vital signs have been stable. Single no big deal stab wound here. And all of a sudden- Well, I
0: mean, you're talking about a stab wound to the chest.
1: Right, but but he was fine. Okay. All right. So, I slowly pull the thoracotomy tray. We have these trays that are prepared for emergency operations that sometimes you have to do in the ER. And I slowly start to open it. And there all my whole team is gathered around the kid with the multiple stab wounds, of course. And all of a sudden he goes out. And you see, he flatlines. And I go, "Whoa, whoa, 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 let's go. So he obviously had a stab wound to his heart that was slowly bleeding in. There's a, a sac around the heart called the pericardial sac. Hmm. That had a hole in it, but it wasn't, the blood wasn't coming out, right? So it slowly was oozing. And once it got to the point where there was enough blood around the heart in this pericardial sac, it couldn't pump anymore. And he basically died. So what I did was I sprayed him with betadine. I took What's
0: betadine? Betadine
1: is a, de- a disinfectant, right? Okay. Spray them with betadine, open up the thoracotomy. Spray them where? The betadine? Right here the entire okay. chest. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, I gotta get something to right. clean them, you know. I don't wanna get septic afterwards. And I open up the thoracotomy tray. Thoracotomy means open up the chest tray. Okay. And I take a big scalpel and I go like this between the fourth and fifth rib. I just fillet them open right there. Pull out the rib spreaders, put the rib spreaders in, go whoosh, and it goes whoosh, like this, oh. and there's his heart, with the pericardial sac filled with blood. I cut the pericardial sac; the blood goes everywhere, and he's got one single stab wound to the heart, but it's bleeding like stink. So I put my finger on there, and we have these special suture materials that has these little what are called pledgets, like Q-tips, so it doesn't tear through the muscle because it's a muscle anyway. I stitch one stitch in, one stitch back, and I sew it down, and all of a sudden, boom, 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 wow. boom, boom, and get his vitals. <laughs> back and then take him to the operating room wash him out that was it and so he went from dead to totally alive and then about 12 days later so from
0: when he flatlined to when the <coughs> heart's beating again what was that
1: i had i had i had the pericardial sac open to take the pressure off in about 45 seconds
3: wow so dead to alive, to life in prison.
1: No. In uh, oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. And so, well, what's weird is, so I sort of forgot about him. He was in the ICU. The interns and junior residents were taking care of him. And then, like, 10 days later, I hear this, hey, doc. It's, like, 7 in the morning, and we're about to go to breakfast before we start the day surgeries and stuff. And I go like this, and I go, I go he goes, hey, bro, doc duck duck i go he goes like this he looked and it's the guy he's walking out he's being discharged and he goes like this he goes thanks man <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> and i go my pleasure <laughs> and so that was like one of the most radical moments in my general surgery residency wow. where i opened a guy's chest in the er sewed up a single knife wound to his heart saved him and he walked out 10 days. i mean just wait, to wait, open his they, ribs yeah, the like ribs, that
0: that's like a
1: Imagine the, what that looks like.
0: The, the, what you call the, <laughs> what you call the, the, uh, the tool that The rib spreader. Rib spreader. Rib
1: spreader. It's and, a, clever imagine what you would, exactly what you would look like. It's this tool. Like jaws of life. It has these things. you got to cut between the ribs. You put it in, and then it's got this little turning thing, and it goes.
0: Eh, 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 and it's not yeah, like, like a, a car jack. Yep.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it just goes.
0: <laughs> and all of a sudden, there's this heart. And with you're blood. doing it like frenetically fast. I'm going,
1: rrr, 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 rrr. and I rem- the weirdest thing I remember is I was present while I was doing it. And I there's was no going
0: time to- for anesthesia in that situation. Oh. The guy's just oh, unconscious
1: he's anyway. He's he, dead. By <laughs> way, <laughs> the guy he's He's got dead. about forty-five more <laughs> seconds. He's going to be brain dead anyway. Right? I don't Jesus! Know to it. And you stop the blood with, like, your finger, well, like a so boat? Well, so you like have a hole first in a boat. thing, so he's got this balloon around the heart compressing it because the pericardial sac has got this small stab wound in it, but it's not leaking blood, so it's pushing on the heart, so the heart can't effectively pump blood Whoa. to his brain. So he's out. So then he's got this one single hole, but the hole's going whoosh, whoosh, and I and I just stitched it up with one stitch, and it was like, did that just, I remember while I was doing it thinking to myself, this is so fucking cool. And I guess the reason is because if he died, to be honest with you, I don't know him and he's expected to die with that kind of injury. Right. So if they're expected to die and they die in your hands, you go, yeah, man, I did everything right and you died. Sorry about that.
0: Everything right except for, and this isn't necessarily you, but how do they not recognize as he comes in that that one stab wound is actually...
1: Well, what we would do—well, first of all, his brother's higher priority. He's got 15 stab wounds and he's unstable. This guy's perfectly stable, stable vital signs. You've got time. So, what you would do is you'd get an ultrasound and see that there's blood in the pericardial sac. You have time. You don't open right. them up right there for no reason. Right. So,
0: okay.
2: Yeah. Was the did the brother ended up being okay? The chubby brother
1: um we operated yeah he was okay just a whole bunch of stab wounds thank to god he was
0: such a fat ass. no shit i was gonna say it helps. yeah it it's you. true
1: he he had a, he had a bunch of stab wounds to a small intestine which is like no big deal no big deal yeah. right but was this guy just like died and not so much after.
0: man that. i i uh as you told the the story about I I imagine, God, how cool would it be if somebody took that and animated it, you know, like totally animated you telling the story. And then it reminded me of a question that was on my mind much earlier in the conversation, which was on botched um, the the balance between showing what's going on, but not letting it be too graphic. Yeah, You know, that's something that I'm envisioning for the, Mike for this multimedia comedy show how much of a boob job can you show like it's well actually you can show it all i'll tell you why the incision is so small that the
1: audience isn't really seeing what the surgeon's seeing.
0: I thought that I thought that a vasectomy is so minimally invasive that the footage of my vasectomy was underwhelming. I got full-grown men passing out at almost every show on my tour. But,
1: but when you do a vasectomy, you you're actually exposing the underlying tissue. When you make an incision, only the surgeon can really see in that hole. Beyond, okay. It's it's oh. like a dark hole in there. You really okay, can't so, see it. Okay, so, 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 so
0: boob job isn't that gnarly to
1: watch. Not at all. Cool. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny because on Botched, they blur things out and they don't show necessarily a lot of graphic stuff, but when you watch Dr. Pimple Popper, Ugh. the whole thing is the Ugh. grotesque nature of the popping of the pimples and they show it all. So I guess. Because it's not as serious or something, yeah. it's okay to show that.
0: There's no, there's a, a weird type a of person who wants to see a pimple popped, and I am not that person.
1: I yeah, am. But, but I am. We I don't would, know why. My I, sister I loves,
2: loves those. It. Videos. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't seek them out, but it's a big. Sh- I don't look away. It's a big
1: show. <laughs> it's big, grotesque, but they they don't blur any of it. But huh. I guess it's not as sensitive because you know they're not. There's nothing yeah. risk. I don't know. It's interesting.
0: All right, wow. man. All this, right. The, so I, I, I stand by. This has been the most fascinating conversation I think maybe we've ever had. No, I, mean, I've I, been, I've I don't been, want it to end. I've been genuinely uh, engrossed. Is that the word? Yeah. Like I've mm-hmm. been so, I knew I knew I would be and, and, and this has been fantastic. Well, I
1: really enjoy it. Thank you guys so much.
0: And just like that, ladies and gentlemen, I have found my plastic surgeon. Boom, so stoked. And let me point out, for those of you who can see me right now, that I'm in New York City at this killer podcast studio that you might recognize from the flagrant podcast. What what, what other ones? Uh, Brilliant Idiots. Brilliant Idiots. Dude, we're in New York City, baby. And I'm not telling you why, because I legally cannot. (laughs) Yeah. But holy shit, has this been an epic trip. Um, and for sticking around to the end of the podcast, you, my friend are epic too. Thank you guys so much. Oh man. It's starting to really fucking be bad. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Paul. We're good, man. Thank you, doc.